a lot of people voted for Donald Trump in 2016 because they wanted to give him a chance. So let's see how he did. For starters, he filled his administration with all the same Wall Street and Goldman Sachs lackeys that he said he was going to drain the swamp of, the same people that made up the Obama and Bush administrations. He said he was going to get us out of the wars, but he didn't even come close to doing that. And in fact, he almost launched us into a new war with Iran. He cut taxes, but really only for his wealthy, rich friends. He renegotiated NAFTA and created the USMCA trade deal in replace of it, but it, it continued to outsource American jobs and was essentially NAFTA 2.0 on steroids. He didn't build his wall and he definitely didn't have Mexico pay for it. And... Oh, yeah, he completely mismanaged the coronavirus pandemic, which has resulted in already over 160,000 American deaths. In short, we gave him a chance, and now it's time to get him the fuck out of office. Jackson, thanks so much for coming on. So there's something really, look, I understand people are partisan on TV. There's a lot of pressure to take your side side. But for Biden to get up there and say the single biggest threat to our country is anyone who opposes me in the coming midterm elections and the media to not along makes you think we've crossed some kind of line. We have crossed the line, Tucker. And it's so interesting that, uh, you know, anyone in the media today would be saying that they liked what Joe Biden said in that speech, because it was a dictator inspired speech. Not only that, but it seems like a lot of the practices and the actions that the Biden administration is employing in the United States right now that were reflected in that speech uh, are very closely aligned with what the dictator Zelensky is doing in Ukraine. Joe Biden is plunging us into a fascist state and he is taking cues from what Zelensky is doing in Ukraine to manufacture this dystopian state and this dystopian reality in America. And there's no real surprise for me there, because at the end of the day, Volodymyr Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, and Joe Biden are controlled by the same exact people. They're controlled by individuals like George Soros and controlled by people like Klaus Schwab at the World Economic Forum. And they're going to do whatever they want. Uh, you know, to put it quite simply, Zelensky is using the intelligence community in Ukraine and the Nazi Azov thugs in Ukraine to silence freedom-loving Ukrainians. And Joe Biden in the United States, though he can't remember what he had for breakfast this morning or who his wife is, his handlers and his cronies are prepping the CIA, the FBI, Antifa, the IRS, and now Ministry of Truth to attack freedom-loving Americans. Maybe someone should have on the in the opposition party, the one he's calling effectively illegal, should have paused before funding this insanity in Ukraine, which is tanking our economy and making a mockery of democracy before signing off on it and just putting Ukrainian flag lapel pins on and nodding dutifully to Joe Biden. What? Why didn't anyone do that? You'd think that they do that, but so many of these individuals in Washington, D.C., the neoconservatives, the rhinos, and the entire Democratic Party are beholden to the military-industrial complex. And that is extremely out of line with what average Americans need right now. We don't have clean drinking water in Jackson, Mississippi, yet we're sending $7 billion over to Ukraine, a country that I'm sure most of these Congress people couldn't even point to on a map. It's insane. The White House this week, Tucker, I'm sure you saw, came out and said that anyone who doesn't hold an opinion reflected by the majority of the American public is extreme and therefore an extremist. 
Well, what does that make Joe Biden? Only 38% of Americans, if you believe the polls and what they tell us, if you believe they're that high, only 38% of Americans agree with Joe Biden. So by the White House's own definition, that makes him an extremist. Yeah, and so much for minority rights also. I mean, I thought you were allowed to disagree. Uh, this really is quite, quite a moment we're living through. Jack hey, you're watching Socialism for All. So let's just talk about this clip real quick, which I think mostly speaks for itself, but a couple of things worth highlighting. First, that video is Jackson Hinkle's pinned tweet. He's promoting that himself, thinks it was a good appearance. So here you have somebody who started out as a Bernie bro, DSA progressive, then wound up in the capitalist bent horseshoe. In other words, he tried to go left, but wound up curving around to the right. There is a left out there. Channels like this one try to take you there rather than the place that the capitalists try to lead you, which is, hey, are you left of the Democratic Party? Here, go this way. And the path starts out left and then you don't realize it, or maybe some people do. Uh, but it starts curving around to the right, and then you get to the end of the path, and you wind up somewhere back in the status quo, maybe even further right than you started out. The horseshoe theory is not true. The far left and the far right are not the same, but horseshoeification is real. This is when capitalists try to skew political discourse so that when people set out to go left, to travel left, they wind up on the right. I mean, and this is true even of like a Bernie Sanders. I think it's not as extreme in that case. You try to go left with Bernie and then it just sort of leads you in a circle back in the Democratic Party. Well, that's not good. In this case, it takes you all the way over to Tucker Carlson. Now, this is the kind of track that people like Jimmy Dore have been working on for a while, and of course we see it with people like Caleb Maupin, who started out as like a Trotskyist, Marxist in the Workers' World Party, and then became a Dugan-loving person who appears at neofash conferences. So, there are many different forms of horseshoeification, the point is that all of them are distortions. None of them actually take you to the left. But don't give up hope. The left does exist. You can get there. So anyway, some notes on this. Uh, Trump and Biden, both bad. Yeah, okay. Trump, a massive hypocrite. Obviously, Biden ran as the conservative candidate for the Democrats. Not hugely surprising he hasn't done much for working people. Any Marxist would have told you that in the first place. But is MAGA an alternative? Obviously not. Obviously not. You look at any of those Trump rallies, they're hate rallies. Jimmy Dore himself used to cover that all the time. That was one of the things he did before he started grooming that audience to bilk them of money. Back in 2016, go watch his primary coverage and the election coverage. That's what he was talking about. He was talking about the kind of shit that you would find at Trump rallies. So as far as this whole, you know, we're going to merge the Marxist movement with the MAGA movement, uh, ask Marxists how they feel about MAGA. Ask MAGA how they feel about Marxists. These are completely incompatible things. Now, we do this channel here, Socialism for All, and there are other similar channels, which exist to put out socialist educational materials to the public. Anybody can watch those. Anybody. You know, people involved with the MAGA movement, maybe they have a family member, a friend, a coworker who can get their ear for a minute and say, hey, you know, this MAGA stuff, it's crap. It's going nowhere and it's not in your interests. Well, that person is free to stop doing the MAGA thing, to stop partaking in that movement, to stop participating, and to pick up socialist educational materials and become a socialist instead. What you can't do is just simply call fascism socialism and call it good. That's really just how you build fascism. So as far as what was being discussed on the Tucker Carlson show, first of all, appearing on Tucker Carlson in general, uh, Tucker Carlson is basically what 
if they had cable TV back in Nazi Germany, what it would look like. Absolutely reprehensible stuff day in and day out on that show. If you're going to appear at all, you have to address this. <laughs> like you, you, otherwise, you just appear as a yes man, which is exactly what Hinkle did here. So anyway, as far as, you know, we've crossed the line. So they're talking about the Biden speech, which was in front of that bizarre, like red and black background. Um, whatever that was about, Democrats have to stop blaming other people for their losses when they do shit like that. But uh, he said to basically, you know, outvote the MAGA movement and that it was going in an alarming direction. But Biden's saying that from a place of he's trying to save the Republican Party. He, like Nancy Pelosi, thinks that the United States needs a strong Republican Party. They just don't like the Trump version of it. It's too crass. It's too crude, etc. They will pretend all kinds of things, but basically they don't like that style. They think that it endangers uh, the rule of imperialism. It's so incompetent, even though in substance it is, I mean, you could say it's worse in some ways uh, than the status quo in the United States. I think that there is an argument for that. However, the United States government in general has just been shifting to the right decade after decade, particularly in the last few decades under neoliberalism. You look at somebody like Bush and Cheney, George W. Bush, what they did from 2001 to 2009, and they were not in the, quote, MAGA wing. They were mainstream Republicans, and they took the country so far right, they did unprecedented stuff, really just upping the ante on what was going on in the United States and really laying a lot of the groundwork for what was happening today. At the time, liberals said, oh, no, but they've started to rehab George W. Bush and Dick Cheney even. So you get a movement like MAGA that's like, no, that's not enough. And first of all, let's remember, what is MAGA about? Has its roots in the birtherism that uh, Trump was doing back around like 2012. Before that, it was the Tea Party. What was the Tea Party about? It was an astroturfed movement that served as the new face of the Republican Party after Bush and Cheney basically burnt out the reputation, credibility, and goodwill, the good name of the Republican Party setting up the global war on terror and all the stuff that they did. So the Republican Party needed a facelift. Um, you can see John McCain didn't do real well. He was also that mainstream Republican type. So they went with these proto-fascist berserkers, which now has become uh, more of an organic movement that doesn't make it good. Uh, it just means that more and more people have latched onto that message of hate. What they're trying to do is take the politics even further right. I mean, when confronted with obvious questions like, Black Lives Matter or All Lives Matter, Trump made a real point of saying, you know, hear me once, All Lives Matter, and that they're going to be pro-cop and all this other stuff. Actually, it sounds a little bit like what Hinkle was saying in the first place when he was much closer to the mark. Remember, horseshoeification. You start out moving left. Hey, it works for a little while. Then if you keep following that track laid by people like Jimmy Dore, etc., you're going to wind up further right than you even started out. So anyway, as far as this other stuff, Biden is, quote, very closely aligned with the dictator Zelensky in Ukraine. And I love this one. Biden is taking cues from Zelensky. OK, because that's how it works. The Ukraine really dictates the United States policy has been obviously for decades. Come on. What is this? Like, this is so backward. I can't even explain it. Um, then note the name dropping George Soros, um, three parentheses there. And then Klaus Schwab, this is the Great Reset stuff. It's all the stuff that right-wingers are primed with their Pavlovian response to unthinkingly salivate to. And that's why it's sprinkled in there. 
Then we've got um, Zelensky suppressing, quote, freedom-loving Ukrainians. What is even meant by this? So um, either Ukraine is full of neo-Nazis, which definitely they have a neo-Nazi problem, a lot like the United States, in fact. See again MAGA, that's sort of the fascist mass movement thing that we're trying to avoid. Um, but again, it all gets mixed up in one big jumble here on the Tucker Carlson show. So anyway, who are these freedom-loving Ukrainians who are suppressed by Zelensky? What is that even about? Well, then um, he goes on. I keep forgetting his name, honestly. Hinkle goes on to say that Biden in the United States is prepping a variety of forces, including Antifa. You heard it here. Uh, Biden is prepping Antifa to attack, quote, freedom-loving Americans. Okay. Um, so as far as the whole communist thing, I guess Antifa has nothing to do with that, right? Communists are not anti-fascist at all apparently, according to Jackson Hinkle. Okay. This is like standard GOP stuff. Absolutely. Um, just Tucker Carlson, yes, manning here. And, you know, as far as feeding the right wing paranoia about, you know, the government's coming after you and whatever, that's exactly what he's doing. Do you think the Democratic Party is actually anti-fascist? They could ally with the left at any time to wipe the Republican Party off the map. They could have done this decades ago. They don't do it because the same basic people who fund the Democratic Party also fund the Republican Party, the ultra-rich capitalist class, fund both parties. There's a few differences, you know, between the specifics of who funds each. Overall, it is, you know, both parties serve the exact same class and the exact same basic interests. And why do they do that? They do that to keep these two parties fighting in perpetuity so that the political discourse never moves left of this. That's the whole point. If the Democratic Party ever wanted to take a seriously anti-fascist stance, they would ally with the left, enact a program of popular left reforms, such as Medicare for All, on and on, you know, criminal justice reform, defunding the police, et cetera, et cetera. And they would wipe the Republican Party off the map. They would reduce the Republicans to just a minor regional party with no real sway, no veto power in uh, national politics. Will they do that? No, of course not, because the people who fund own and control both parties don't want that to happen because what happens then then the two major political forces become the democratic party and the left you know and then the defeated right wing is still limping along in the corner but they're no longer a competitor well then you've got a serious challenge possibly between the left and the capitalist controlled democrats well that's the last thing that the people who control both parties this whole puppet show want so that's not going to happen. And what they're telling you on the Tucker Carlson show is a complete fairy tale. It's a factual. And as far as this thing about Jackson, Mississippi and the water. Yeah. But what's going on there? The Republican governor has been dragging his feet at every turn, even to the point actually of Biden saying, look, you have to do something about this water crisis. Meanwhile, the governor's going on about privatization of the water might be the solution. This is what they do. They use crisis to try to get a leg up for capitalists. Is this a communist solution? No, not even close. MAGA and communism have nothing to do with each other. Nothing. You know, we like to say as a shorthand that fascism is counter-revolutionary content with revolutionary appearance or revolutionary aesthetics. So you get some outer shell saying, we're bold, we're revolutionary, we're angry, we're going to change things. Then you get to the content, it's entirely counter-revolutionary. Now, I mentioned before that the, uh, you know, establishment 
United States, like basically the the way that the United States has been run for a while and the people who believe in that don't like Trump. I think it's more than just a matter of uh, that Trump's way is less efficient, is more liable to be unstable and et cetera, et cetera. There is definitely something to that. But there's also a global far right network that is shaping up. We see it. One obvious example is the Republican Party uh, taking cues from Viktor Orban about how to engineer a deeply reactionary consensus, which is going to be very unpopular, but somehow make it work, make it happen anyway. There is overall this global network shaping up that is declaring itself an opponent of the current dominant style of U.S. NATO type imperialism. While communists, of course, oppose imperialism, it's the highest stage of capitalism. It's when capitalism has conquered the domestic market, has nowhere else to go but outward, and it needs to keep expanding, subjugating other countries, etc., etc. Uh, that's not something that communists support. That's the time for proletarian revolution to take over capitalism and to engineer a cooperative, peaceful transition into a not-for-profit economy, etc. Anyway, uh, not everybody calling themselves anti-imperialist is actually anti-imperialist. You can be opposed to the United States and the NATO uh, sort of, you know, corner that they've got on the market for imperialism, but you could do that from the position of wanting a bigger share of the market yourself. This is, in fact, how world wars have happened in the past, is different gangs of imperialists fighting with each other over global turf. That, I believe, is what's happening again today. Um, and calling you know, the far right, quote, anti-imperialists, this is just going to lay the groundwork for even more of that. So don't buy into it. This is complete crap. And Hinkle had it better the first time around. <laughs> But yeah, don't follow this stupid path that just loops you back around to the right. Come over to the actual left. It's true that we don't have as much cable news airtime as Tucker Carlson has, but you can't compromise on such basic things just to get something like that, let alone the money. Obviously, what Hinkle is doing definitely pays better, but that's not what we're in this for. All right, thanks again. Uh, what do you think? Leave a question or comment below. And thanks to the current patrons whose names are on the screen. We'll catch you all in the next video.